Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Always, always increasing. Always increasing. Hello, kids. Hey, ladies and gentlemen. You shouldn't do that, Tom. Their kids, listen, man, they got to get tough. You know what? Everybody needs to stop dancing around kids all the time. Everyone needs to stop being afraid of kids. Everybody needs to be, stop being afraid of hurting everybody's feelings and accommodating everybody. You know what? Go out and just flat out tell them, you're a girl, you're a boy, that's it. Educate yourself, become what you want to become. But everybody needs to stop tiptoeing through the tulips when it comes to, it comes to kids. You'll just end up with somebody who, who can't make it out in the world. They're not going to be tough enough to make it out in the world. Just so you know, that's the way that it is. And people think, you know what, it's getting softer out there because, you know, everybody's accommodating everything. Well, that's, they're just going to turn on themselves and it's going to become worse. Way worse than it already is. Everybody who accommodates thinks that their accommodation is going to spare them from the consequences of their own policies. It's not. You're gonna tell, you know what, you're never going to be black enough. Never going to be Hispanic enough, trans enough, gay enough, white enough, Asian enough, whatever. I mean, you're never going to be enough. You're just going to turn. You're going to have to be. Let me see here now. A transsexual, transgender, lesbian, homosexual woman <laughs> who's black to make it in the world today, because you have to check all the boxes. You're welcome. <laughs> Always increasing. The thief cometh not, John 10, 10. The thief cometh not before to steal, to, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly, to its full abundance. Now get ready. If you are staying small, look at me now, it's your fault. Believe me, I am an expert at staying small. I know how to stay small. Be bitter, be offended, don't listen to advice. That's how you, that's how you will stay small. Don't know the word, don't have the spirit praying through you. Remember, everybody thinks that God is, around, is working for your good out of Romans chapter 10, verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. But that's only about the verse before it. The only good that he's working is what the Spirit is praying through you. That's the only good that he's working. He's not working through our compromise, through our sin, through our disobedience, through our offense, through our bitterness, through our leaving churches. He's not working for your good in those things. He is only working good in what he hears the Spirit praying. If you want to be ever increasing, people are like, well, what are you talking about, Tom? Should I have this inter international platform ministry? Not necessarily. Maybe you should be part of one. 
Just, it doesn't mean that you necessarily have a microphone here. That's what everybody thinks. The grand goal of every Christian is to have a microphone in, front of, in their hand speaking in front of people. That's not, that's not the plan for, I'm not saying it's not for you. I'm just saying it's not the plan for everybody. But the plan is for you to be big. You personally to be big. You should see the faces I'm looking at right now. You really, you should see them. I wish sometimes that we could get like, do the, like the inversion that your phone can do where it spins the camera and you can look at yourselves. There's nobody in this room that thinks they're supposed to increase. I'm telling you, by facial expressions, statistically speaking, there's a few, but most from, from the facial expressions that I'm seeing, either you don't understand what I'm saying or you don't believe what I'm saying. But the thief cometh not before to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that you might have life and life to its full abundance. You're supposed to be ever increasing. Oh yeah, I forgot to give my warning to new people. Listen, the first thing I want you to think about is, what if I'm right? Since every conspiracy theory has now come true, maybe I'm right. So before you get offended and shut down or walk out, give it one service. This may be, I know most services today are 57 minutes long, and our services are two hours and 10 minutes to two hours and 20 minutes long. We're not gonna be here for three hours. We're not gonna be here for four hours. We're not even gonna be here for two and a half hours. Sit still, be still, and know that he's God. Let God witness to your spirit. See if I'm right. Ignore the tone and the inflection. Ignore your own judgment. If you're judging tone, you are, you are living in erroneous judgment. You are judging erroneously if you are judging tone. You, don't have the, you do not have the wherewithal, nor do I, to judge tone. Only God judges the heart. You can judge the word, whether it's the Bible or not. And boy, there's a lot of Bible coming. So stand, just, just give it a month. You'll never go back. You'll never go back, I'm telling you. Once you learn who Jesus really is, who is Jesus? He's the word, that's it. He's not watered down and accommodating and tolerant. He's not 57 minutes long. Jesus didn't speak in monotone tones. He yelled at people, called them names, and for you that's an offense, so Jesus offends you. And you call yourself a Christian. I just lost you right there, didn't I? Be still. Give it a chance. You'll never be loved more than you are in this church. Watch. You'll never be loved more. Nobody will come through for you like this church does. But you'll hear the truth. We don't love you by lying. That's what every other church does. They lie to you. They obfuscate. They leave out Bible verses that might offend you. We don't do that here. Because what's the point of winning you to a lie? How's that gonna stand up on the day of judgment? I said this on the podcast last, last night. Many Christians are depending on their reputation getting them through judgment. Because they, they, they're so afraid to admit they're wrong because it'll destroy their persona and destroy their own reputation. People won't think I'm the smartest person in the room. We already don't. 
You're not fooling anybody. If you wore a mask, you need to say I was wrong. Vaccinated wrong, social distance wrong, lockdown wrong. You needed to say you're wrong. I've done it a million times in my life, come out and said I was wrong. Is it, you, you're gonna be like, you know what? If I don't say it, then when I get to judgment, God's not gonna know it. He already knows. He's already trying to goad you into repenting. If you're staying small, what do I, what do I, you should have an ever-expanding ministry or be a part of one. You're like, well, I can't get overly close to you, Tom. Well, you can't. People, people get upset in the church. Why didn't I get a call? Why didn't I do, you know, what? Listen, it, eight, there's 867 chairs in this room. I'd say there's 150 that are empty somewhere in there. So there's 700 people almost or so in this room. 200 are in the program around the church. 150 to 200 in the program, in the children's church, around the room. And that includes the middle schoolers that you just saw, saw walk out. How, how am I gonna, how are you gonna get close to me? People, people want a small church, so you're gonna stay small. You shouldn't want a small church. I'm getting a couple amens on that. Well, everywhere I went, I've been good friends with the pastor. Who cares? Who cares about being friends with the pastor? What about you and Jesus? How about you being friends with Jesus? You're like, Tom, that's easy for you to say. You're friends with you. Yeah, there's no, there's no bigger fan of me than me. I don't struggle with confidence. But there's all sorts of ways for you to get big here. You know what? People have come up to me before. Hey, you know what? There's this ministry where, where churches give out shoes to people. I'm like, go buy some shoes and give them out. Yeah. You know, if that's what you want. You know what, Tom? You know, we, we, I'm like, we, who's we? Do you have a mouse in your pocket? Who's we? <laughs> I'm full. I can't do anymore. I'm full. So when you say we, I don't know who you're talking to, but like people for their entire, I think the church should do this, and I think the church, how about, you know what, how about the church, we go and we feed the hungry, or we feed the homeless. All right, well, you know what, right here, right where we are, there's lots of, there's a whole homeless camp around here. Go feed them. I'll give you the money. I can't do that right now. I'm, my, my calendar is full. You see, people, people want, always want somebody else to do it or just, oh, you know, someday God's gonna move. God's not gonna move. God is trying to move you. You are his body. If you wanna feed the poor, go to Publix today, load up and go feed the poor. If you plant that seed, that small, don't despise small beginnings. Go do it. Don't wait for me to do it. I'm not called to do it. You are. God put it on your heart, not mine. I'll be glad to pastor you. Want to bring it under the church? I'll pastor you with it. If you don't want to bring it under the church, that's up to you. Well, Tom, you know, I, you know, this is great ministry where they're handing out shoes. You're like, Tom, what? There's, I don't know. There's just things that stick in my craw. <laughs> well, go buy a pair of shoes. You got a couple extra hundred bucks a month. Go buy them and hand them out to people who need shoes. I don't know who that is in the United States, but go hand them out. 
or send them overseas. You see, you'll stay small if you do nothing. Nothing is nothing. There's nothing smaller than nothing. Step out if you want to do it. I would like to see this ministry take place. You're like, well, Tom, you won't let everybody just start a ministry. That's correct. If I don't know, you're not starting one here. But you do, what do you do then? Put your time and attend other ministries. Eddie's, Eddie Cruz is out there yesterday winning the loss on the streets. And, and listen, I would, I would say, where was everybody? We have a great church. How many people do you have, Eddie, working with you? Scream it. Scream it. 20 people went with you? Okay, good. Well, there you go. That, listen, that's good. On a Saturday afternoon to go out and share Jesus on the streets and in the nursing homes. That's a fan, so I'm, listen, that's where you go. I want to minister. I want to evangelize. Go talk to the man. He's right there. You can't miss him. He's big. He's in black. He's intimidating. Go see him. Right there. There he is. That's how, you're like, you're like, Tom, I haven't even got to the message yet. What did you do? Okay, well, following my path, you'll stay completely corralled for 30 or 40 years. Don't do what I did until I turn 50. You're like, Tom, you pastored a church of 200 people. I know, but God had called me to pastor a church of thousands. And I managed to keep it at 150 to 250 for 12 years. Saying the entire time, we're growing, we're growing, we're growing. We weren't growing. So I'm not telling you to follow my example. I'm telling you to follow the voice of the Spirit as he prays through you. And that's the good that God is hearing. If you hear, you know what, I need to evangelize, go see the man. Don't launch into a worldwide ministry. Oh, you know what, I feel like I've never done a thing in my life, but you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go and get a website together. You know, bigtommy.com, worldwide missions. It's just like every year, people wanna lose weight. They wanna get buff and stuff. So everybody goes and joins a gym that's a 30-minute drive from your house. You're never going to go. You've never planted original small seed. You've despised small beginnings, so you will fail. Matthew 25, 21. You will fail. You ain't going to stick to the gym. Walk out your front door. Go walking 30 minutes a day. And once you've done that for a year, then go join a gym. You're welcome. Told you now. You're like, this, this, isn't, this isn't me. His Lord, his Lord said to him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Matthew 25, 21. You start off with a little. You want a worldwide ministry? People, we're launching a Bible study out of our house. Attend one. Sow seed. Make friends. I want, I want to minister to people. What? People hate you. <laughs> you walk into a door, you're like a light to roaches. <laughs> Become friendly first. You're like, Tom, you're mean. I'm just telling you, 
listen, if you notice that people are avoiding you, stop doing what causes them to avoid you because what you're doing will not suddenly break through and people will love you. Quiet in here. Boy, I guess people need to hear that. Is it still warm in here? Okay, just so you know, let me give you that update. What's going on with that, just so you know, you see the sweat now forming right here. It'll end up right here. What's going on with that is that we are constantly having to remove air conditioners to put the roof on. So we only have certain amount, certain ones that are working. So what you need to do is sit still. <laughs> Tough it out. It's still like 70 in here. It's not that, it's not that hot. Tough it out. But that's what's happening, just so you know. Because the insurance company is so corrupt, the, adjust, the, the, uh, the appraisal for the, pro, for the repair of the church was by their own appraisers that they sent like three or four times, 3.8 million to 4.2 million. So we'll just say 4 million. They've given us 1.1. Totally cash that we've gotten so far is 500,000. They just sent us a check for like 650,000. So that's the end, they're done. They're not done, they think they're done. But they're not done. But that's what you're seeing. And you're like, well, I would like it done faster, Tom. Well, if you're a millionaire, pony up. It's not going to increase my salary. Give it to the church. You got hundreds of thousands of dollars. What are you going to hold it on for? For we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain that we'll carry nothing out. Give it to the church. Get seed then, forever eternal seed. Sowed into souls. Sowed into miracles. Do it. Listen, I would say give more. Our church already gives a lot. We're already a great giving church. Don't stop. What we're doing right now is we're paying for things ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars at a time instead of a hundred, two hundred, and three hundred, four, five hundred thousand dollars at a time, which is what we should be doing. So. Right now, the roof is getting done. The roof is $750,000 all by itself. You're welcome. So if you're sitting there, well, I just wish things would get done faster. Well, give me your money. Now. Now. Ain't going to me. People, people who think I'm a money grubber, I have absolutely no idea of my lifestyle. None. It's an awfully nice watch you're wearing. Yeah, Lynn gave that to me. Lynn Goldsmith, where are you at? Where's she? There she is. She gave it to me. I can't afford a Rolex, but she gave me, she gave me Ian's Rolex. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I won't make enough money to do that. I'm not saying what, I'll, what I will do or won't do as far as salary from the church. But I'm not after your money. I, I am completely content. I want for nothing. Really? You are like, yeah, really, I am. I love, people are like, my wife marvels at How are you just never bored? I know, I'm never bored. I'm very easily entertained. I don't need adventures. I don't need to go. I don't need to go overseas. I'm happy. I don't, I don't, I don't need a lot. I'm not saying that I don't want to make a lot or I won't eventually make more than what I'm making. I make a lot now. I'm just saying that if you think that I'm after, my, after your money, I guess I need to shoot a video of myself and how I live all week. <laughs> it certainly is not extravagant. 
I told you before, I just pretty much, I'm at the house. I'm either prepping for podcasts, prepping for messages, or memorizing Bible verses. Or I'm walking the dog, or trying to catch my dog. <laughs> screaming at my dog. Being embarrassed by my dog, whatever it may be. And I wait all day for about two o'clock. Two o'clock, Hope calls me. What do you want for lunch? Let me see. And I rotate. Right now, I've been on chicken ranch sandwiches from Chili's for like every day for a week. Two Slurpees. I've gone from one to two. That's right, double portion. Double dose. That's my life. I'm not after your money. But if you want to see the church move along faster, give to it. The more I have, the more I spend. We're spending all the time, 50,000 here, 60,000 there. It's expensive. I'd like to see the sanctuary done. You know how much it's gonna cost to do this? All this has to come out. It's all has to come. You think, you think that we're looking for a concrete aesthetic in here? <laughs> this used to be carpeted. <laughs> when Niagara Falls opened up on September 28th of 2022, the carpet went bye-bye. And you're like, well, just put new carpet down. We can't until the roof's on. <laughs> I'm just letting you know how things are going. <laughs> I have to just put it out of my mind. I do because it drives me crazy. I don't understand how worthless people are. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get, I don't get stupidity. I get ignorance, but I don't get stupidity. I'm like, well, you know, do your job. Get it done. I've never, made a, I've never made a homeowner's claim in my entire life. And I've been paying it since I don't, in my 20s. And when I finally do, the insurance company pretty much just tells me to go pound sand. Well, they'll be the one pounding sand. They're gonna pay. We'll get our four million. All right, back to the message. If you're staying small, or I'll make this easier, more palatable for you. If we are staying small, if I stay right where I'm at, it's my fault. It's my fault. Psalm chapter one, verse three. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Whatever you do shall prosper. So if you are not getting bigger, then it's on you. It can't be God because whatever you do, he puts, on, he puts on that effort his prosperity. So if it's not God's fault, told you people can't take it, right? They can't. And we're just prim and proper Christians and you know what? I get my Bible back in its Bible cover and let's go out. You know, I just believe that you, you know, you just acknowledge Jesus in your life and you know, you just uh, do the best you can. It's a, it's a spiritual journey. And whatever happens, happens. It's all the will of God, no matter what I do. I don't want to hear anything else. They never read their Bible. They never read Jesus. Jesus is the word of God. They don't read him. That's why it's so stunning when they come in and find out who he really is. You ever, you ever dated somebody and found out who they really are? You're like, man, they were great for the first month, and then, whoa. So if it's not God's fault, then whose fault is it? Well, I married the wrong person. That's you. He told you not to be unequally yoked. 
You chose to be unequally yoked. Dep oh, I have depression. That's you. He's given you power, love, and a sound mind. That's you. Well, the economy. I just, you know, I can't make moves right now because, you know what, the economy's, the economy's terrible. It's got nothing to do with you. Our citizenship is not of this world. Philippians chapter three, verse 20. It's not of you. Do you sow seed? You're only, you're only gonna get what you give. Give and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Now this is the, now everybody loves that. It's Christian folklore. It's a real Bible verse, but it gets turned into folklore. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Because we don't talk like that, so we all know the verse. Luke 6, 38. We all, we all know it. It's good measure, pressed down. Because nobody talks like that. I never, I've, I've never said pressed down, shaken together my entire life. I don't, even know what, I, don't, I, I don't even know what he's talking about. I mean, conceptually, I understand, but I've never, with good measure, pressed down and shaken together anything. So we, because we don't talk like that, we know that verse. But what's the whole verse? Given it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Nobody reads the back end of Bible verses. Whatever measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Oh, you're small because you give small. I tithe. That's breathing. That's breathing. Nobody's going to applaud you for breathing today. Hey, congratulations. You're sucking oxygen. Nice job. Now, if you don't do the fundamentals, forget it, because you have no sure foundation. You're not going to launch from anything, except from sinking sand. So you must tithe. But most people don't tithe either. That's why they get up. Oh, you know what? Let's get up out of this church, because you know, he's pressing us to do what the Bible says. We don't, we don't, we don't believe it's Christ-like for him to demand us to be like Jesus. I can spot them from a thousand miles away. Absolutely useless Christians. Because even when they do, they're like the, they're like the Pharisees. When they do win one proselyte, they make them twice as much a son of hell as they are. Because they're winning them to a false religion one that does not require repentance, one that does not require holiness, even though Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Well, we're just accommodating the homosexual. We're accommodating the transgender. We're accommodating the pornographer. We're accommodating the, the fornicator. We're just, we, don't, we wanna keep people here and minister, out, minister unto them. Minister to them what? Well, we believe that if they stay in the church long enough, that you know what, they'll become more Christ-like. How then will they call upon the one they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? How are they gonna just stumble onto the gospel? A gospel that you aren't even living as the pastor? You see how it just becomes this sort of weird, ambiguous amalgam? Winning them to what? A gospel you don't live or preach? That you don't even believe in? So weird, isn't it? It's like when I got into a debate with a family member of mine about Catholicism. I said, why are you defending a church you never attend? Conversation was over then. I'm offended. That's you. 
Yeah, but I have a right to be offended. We all have a right to be offended. You don't think I get, you don't think things happen to me at this church? You, you, know, you want me to no show? Well, I'm taking a couple weeks off. I'll, I'll use, I'll, I'll break out again. I'm gonna be taking a step back. Excuse me, I had to get the vomit out of my mouth. Because I just upchucked a little bit. I, I, it's, it's part of Christian society. You know, we're just going to be taking a step back. Does the Holy Ghost tell you to go backwards? Because the Holy Ghost never tells anybody to go backwards. Why don't you conquer? You're supposed to be, in Romans chapter 8, verse 37, more than a conqueror. Why don't you conquer instead of taking a step back? You're just, you have the spirit of the world. It's not the Holy Ghost. I leave churches. Yeah, I know. That's you. You're staying small. Well, you know, every church I go to, I end up with people problems. Oh, you mean just like your job? You know why you have people problems in the church? Because there's people there. Um, well, I, you know, we're just hurt right now. Hurt? What, what, do you, what do you do, carry that around like a brownie badge? Uh, hurt. <laughs> Is that, that, that's what you're gonna tell God on the day of judgment? Lord, I know you called me to be an evangelist, but I was hurt. And you, you may think, well, Tom, you're above all these. You know, that's exactly why I stayed 150 to 250 for 12 to 15 years. And what jerked me out of place was Rodney Howard Brown. Somebody to come in and say, you know what? You're a dummy. And he doesn't talk like that. He's way sweeter than me in person. He really is. He's way sweeter. I, I actually, I irritated him recently because he sent me a message to watch. He calls me every week, check on me. And he sent me a message, hey, watch this message. I'm not gonna tell you who it is because I'm bound to not give you preacher's names right now, but you'd know who it was. <laughs> and he was excited about it because he was like, yeah, there's hope, you know. So I'm like, because that's how he is. I'm like a tank of Grim Reaper destruction. <laughs> Burn it up! He, he's, he's, more, he's just very pastoral. So he says, watch this message. So I watched it. He gets, now listen, when he sends you a message to watch a message, you know what you do? You watch it, because he's calling. And he's my pastor, calling the chairman of the board of the boss. So I watch it. That's what, now did I have that in my life during the 15 years of staying the same? No, it's what I needed. So I watched the message. Now, of course, I'm a very honest man. So he sent me back. What did you think? He called me. What did you think? I said, well, First 30 minutes is all right, the rest of it was crap. <laughs> and he goes, you and Chris Ann Hall, that's his constitutional attorney, she's a bear cat, like a bear cat, a, thro a stone cold litigation killer. She goes, you, he goes, you and Chris Ann Hall, you see one thing bad and you just burn it all to the ground. He's letting me have it. 
<laughs> People are holding me back. That's you. None of this has to do with God. No person can hold you back. What's your divine destiny? The, a person is going to hold you back from Yahweh's divine destiny. A lot of you don't think about God. You just think about day-to-day job, feeding kids, doing all these. You shouldn't think like that. Those should be just spillover of your calling. God will take, you, you'll get a million times more from the spillover than all your hard work. That's all you do. And here's the thing with people. What evidence is there that you're right? The goofy little couple that walked out of here with the little Florida attire on. What evidence is it that they're right and I'm wrong? Anybody ever look at it? See, what I would endlessly do, even in the midst of staying the same, I was hard on myself. You can ask my wife. Like, why aren't we growing? It's me. I always tell her. I was like, she'd be like, well, this is happening. I'm like, no, I know it's me. I got that. It's me. Now, what do I, what do? I do? I, I, I am honest with myself. So anybody in this room, and you think that you're big, what evidence is there that you're big? I'm just growing every day. That's not big. What lives are you touching? What miracles are happening? Who are you bringing to church? I have people in here that bring people to church all the time. They fill rows full of people. Thank God, because I go through a lot of people. It's like machine gun rounds in here. So to the offended people that I know are watching right now because you're too offended to come to the church, but all other churches suck, so you continue to watch us. <laughs> Believe, it's, it, it is true. Just goes, that's true. It's absolutely true. Because you know what's funny is they end up revealing themselves that they are watching. What, if you're offended, what evidence is there that you're right about your offense? What evidence is there that you're correct? None. You have a horrible marriage. You don't win the loss. There is no miracles. So how are you right? You're like, well, I'm factually correct. Somebody was snotty to me at the church. Or you know what? They did lay hands on people there. And that's why I left. I told you, 100 people left the church because they started laying hands on people. I guess all they wanted was vaccine data. What good's that gonna do you? They gonna do good for you on the day of judgment? That you knew all the vaccine data? There's nobody more anti-vax than me. I know all the data. Just saying the word, it all starts percolating in my mind. I wanna talk about it for three hours. <laughs> but they can only take you so far. Well, I left because of people, you know, they, I saw people fall out. Paul started his entire ministry kicking against the goads and being throttled on the ground, and he's the greatest soul winner in church history. And you're offended by people falling out? Give me your Bible verse. Well, you know, they started laying hands on people there. Uh, shall I give you the verses? 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. Mark chapter 16. Verse 17 or 18, can't remember which. It's 18. That you shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the 
laying on of hands and you leave the church for laying on of hands or we're becoming too much like Rodney Howard Brown? Watch one of his services. Are we anything like Rodney Howard Brown? Am I anything like Rodney Howard Brown? If I tried to become Rodney Howard Brown, he'd call me on the phone and say, stop being Rodney Howard Brown. I'm way too big a fan of me to ever change. But what evidence is there that your move was correct? Whether it's leaving the church, whether it's, whether it's leaving town, whether it's this relationship or that relationship, what evidence is there that you're correct? Either make the tree good or make the tree bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. If there is no fruit that you are correct, then you are not correct. You need to beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. That would be you. They come to you, oh, you know, we're offended. I'm factually correct in that I was offended. Okay, so what? I've been offended a million times at the door. You want me to no show next Sunday and skip all the podcasts? No, I'm hurt, I'm offended. I get way more hurt than, it. listen, everybody else is exposed to a small group. I'm exposed to everybody. What evidence is there that you operating and living in offense has done any good for you? You know, just picking on, if you're a pastor, then what you care about, believe it or not, is not money, you care about attendance. So you talk about attendance. What evidence is there that you're correct in the church that you're attending or that you left whatever church you left? What evidence is there? You left and your ministry exploded? Man, I left that church and lo and behold, I started winning the loss left and right. No. I left that church and man, I just started performing miracles. I was giving sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, life to the paralyzed. I was raising the dead as soon as I left that daggum foundation church. No, none of that happened, so how are you correct? You're not. You're factually correct in that somebody was snotty to you. That we did lay hands on people. Oh, how horrible. Gonna do that today too, by the way. Be ready. What I never get with people is stupidity. Well, we're leaving because, you know, that they, they started praying over people. Do you read? What, what are you? What, I mean, what are you? You call yourself Christian, but what are you exactly? You certainly aren't somebody who believes the Bible and says Jesus is the Bible. John chapter 1, verse 1. John chapter 1, verse 14. 1 John chapter 5, verse 7. Jesus is the Bible. Then what are you exactly? You're a Pharisaic cultist who has created your own version of Jesus probably looks just like you. For Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Is that you? I transform, you know, I talk like this. That doesn't make you. I dress right, I talk like this. And we use words like transformation. Um, 
We, we, you know, we use words like, you know, accommodation and tolerance and compassion. There's a church that's, if you saw the church, their website would look like ours. Their, their mission statement would look like ours. But they're tra- like transformation church. And so they said, you know, the reason why we're embracing the trans community is because we have trans in our title. You would know the church, potentially. It's a fact. That's because that's their version of Jesus. And that version of Jesus is actually Satan transforming himself into an angel of life. Many false prophets, many false Christs will come. I said last week, everyone thinks there's one judgment. There's a million judgments. There is one great white throne judgment. There's a million judgments every day. It's a million false Christs every day. And they talk like this. I say this on the podcast. One thing, and, and Will and Aaron are sick of hearing this probably, but I'll say this. What gets me more than anything about this whole pandemic, pandemic, is how Christians and even conservatives, conservative uh, people, people politically conservative, how they have their theological, ideological, and political and even philosophical opponents, right? Let's say we're on the right, let's say, right? So we're not for abortion. We're not for the transgender community, the LGBTQ uh, community. We're not for any of that. I, I just said that. Yes, we're not for that. I, we're, I'm not against you. I'm against you. You're choosing to put a label on yourself as LBG, whatever, let's say it again. LGBTQ. You're choosing to put that on yourself. I'm against you. Simple as that. It doesn't mean that you're not welcome in the building. You're going to hear that I'm against how you live. But you have, you're, you're against that. You're against the World Economic Forum. You're against socialism. You're against communists. And to make it very simple, you're even against transnational corporations because they're hyper-leftist, like Pfizer. But then, suddenly, in the midst of a pandemic, they sprout morality. Suddenly, Albert Borla, the CEO of Pfizer, who supports and funds abortion globally, he suddenly becomes so virtuous that you will take a metal rod full of his juice at his behest and inject it into your body. Your ideological opponent, political opponent, theological and philosophical opponent. Suddenly they sprout virtue. Suddenly you can trust them. Suddenly you can trust the Democratic Party. Suddenly you can trust the Republican Party. Suddenly they have virtue, so much virtue they want to save your life against the 0.1% death rate. You're welcome. There's the part, Aaron. I'll try to leave it there so it's easy editing for you. (laughs) I try to clump the COVID stuff into COVID clumps for Aaron's editing. The, people, the reason why most people stay small is because of blindness. You don't know what you don't know. How many of you are willing to go to God today and say, Lord, I don't know what I don't know? 
show me what I don't know. Because you don't know things. I, I say this all the time to my wife when we're discussing church issues or anything else. I know that there's things I don't know. I know it. Which makes me pliable and usable, which is why God gives me an audience. It doesn't make me perfect. I have lots of things to work on. I'm just saying it makes me usable. Delusion and deception do not make you usable. If you think right now when there is no evidence at all to support it, that you have a, 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 ever, a river of life flowing out of you, that the, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus, Philemon 1, 6, right? What are those good things? What's flowing out of you? Healing? Miracles? Are you giving financial provision to people? Well, no, I don't have any money. You're supposed to be rich. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Oh, let's get out of here now. Let's get our, let's get our Bible back in its fish cover, honey. In our pastel colors, and let's head back to the community where we drive around all day in our golf carts. That isn't about old, by the way. That's about all these communities now. People are all through my neighborhood on golf carts. It's real popular now. now get out of here. He's talking about prosperity. That's the Bible. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Just like he died for your sins, he died for your poverty. He carried your poverty like he carried your sin. Those of you who are, who are barely making it financially, I guarantee, I almost guarantee you don't tithe. And if you do, you say you tithe, but you miss month after month after month, just like I used to until I got married. When I got married, Hope's like, we gotta pay off the, you know, she came from a Christian home, a faith home, a Kenneth Hagin faith home, you sow seed. So when we got married, I was always like, oh, I'm a tither. Yeah, I was a tither like for six months. Then I wouldn't pay. Oh, I'm gonna make up for it. <laughs> Accumulates like $1,700. Oh, you know what? We'll just start over again. Uh, it's a new day. His mercies are new every morning. I can preach to myself just like Satan does. Satan knows the Bible. He's new every day. New, don't worry about that seed. And when I got married, Hope's like, no, as soon as he got the paychecks, it was written, done. I mean, we, don't, we, never, we haven't missed since. We're coming up on 27 years and haven't missed. And when I'm abundantly blessed. I want for nothing. You're like, Tommy, you have no debt yet. No, I have some debt. I do. Very, it's minimal, but I have some debt. And it'll be paid off. It always gets paid off in giant lump sums. I don't want for anything. The reason why people stay small primarily is because of blindness. You're deceived right now. By the way, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm deceived too. There's areas, there's areas of my life that I think that I'm right where I'm not. There's something, but I'm open to it, are you? Or is, or is it too much of a threat to you to be open to it? If, if, if I find out I'm not right, then I will not have that glorious perception of myself that I currently have. By the way, I'm, I'm making light of that, but that's 99% of Christians. 
You know, I'm, I'm glad the couple got up and left because it gives me something to, pro- to talk about. That's them. Don't want to be touched by anything that would hurt our perception of ourselves. It, what are you going to do on the day of judgment? Lord, that's not the, what are, what are you saying? That's not the perception I had of myself. <laughs> and Jesus, who will be your judge, for the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. John chapter 5, verse 22. People, people think Jesus is a bongo-playing hippie who smokes dope and, a com- and, and, and I guess is transgender now and a supporter of the gay community. And they can't take it. The real Jesus is at the white throne judgment. I'm not even talking about heaven or hell, but listen, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 2, we'll hear about the good and the bad even if we go to heaven. Whoops. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. You're gonna read, you're gonna hear about it. You should have done this, and you should have done that. It's okay, they're not leaving, they're going to work. Love you guys. That way they're leaving, this way they're working. But you have to be careful because that way also is bathrooms. That's why I waited to start ripping that couple until they were gone for more than five minutes. Because that's come back to get me before. When you have a giant mouth, but no man can tame the tongue and is an unruly evil full of deadly poison, you need to be careful. The bathrooms are all back there because our bathrooms were destroyed except for the ones back here. But these are back. These are back working over here, right? Yep, so there you go. And we'll be opening them up more as the building gets done. We can't send you to other bathrooms because it's a federal disaster zone back there. Each room has to be approved for mildew and mold. If you're wondering, this is a complicated situation here. We're living in a little carved out section. I have no office because my office is full of mold. Potentially, we don't know. You don't know what's there, so you don't you don't go back there and spend hours in an office where you don't know what's there. Because my office was turned into Lake Michigan. <laughs> Aaron and I were back there with our flugels on. But... <laughs> so the, 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 we don't know what we don't know. So you need to ask yourself, Lord, what? Don't ask yourself. Ask the Holy Ghost. And here's the thing: you, you can do this. Is great. And I haven't brought this up for a while, so this is good. If you want to know where you are deceived, if you have an honest spouse who isn't your bootlicker or butt kisser, ask them, where am I deceived? See how quiet it gets? I mean, I haven't broke that out for about six months. I haven't brought up ask your spouse for about six months. I used to bring it up all the time. I'm gonna bring it up more again. Because asking the Holy Ghost when you haven't trained yourself to understand his voice, a lot of times you'll miss it. So go to your spouse. I'm looking at your faces now. I can tell who's gonna do it and who's not by looking at you. Go to your spouse and say, honey, I wanna ask you this question. Where do you think I'm deceived? Well, you think you're thin. You know how you work outside in the front yard all the time without a shirt on? (laughs) 
We have a, we have a club that meets here at the church it's called the Never Should Be Seen Without a Shirt Club. <laughs> I'm a member. Most of you are a member. I'm the founding member. All the time, hoping I'll be driving down the road and some guy riding down the, riding down the road on his bike with his, with his Tour de France skin tight, <laughs> spandex outfit on. He looks like a sack of potatoes. I'm like, dude, wear a t-shirt. Hide it a little bit. And don't even get me into lady with, ladies with yoga pants. Wear normal pants. At your house, wear what you want. At Walmart, wear normal pants. Even if you have the body for yoga pants, wear normal pants. But if you don't, certainly don't wear yoga pants. Nobody wants to see the peaks and the valleys and the ridges. The cracks. <laughs> See, that, that couple, they should have stayed. What do you want to miss this for? How could, how, could you, how could you go to any other church? It's boring. People stay right where they're at or they stay small. There's people who've gotten bigger, but they stay the same then. They get comfortable. They stay there because of deception and delusion. The choice is whether you will stay that way or not. Your father knows the things you have need of before you ask. Let me show you what I mean by that. Blindness is what keeps us where we are. We can't tell red light from green light, open door from closed door, blue pill from red pill. We can't tell, we're blind, we don't know. But your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. That's always something I thought of in terms of prayer request. Before he asks, before I ask him for something else. No, he knows what you need. He knows what doors to open and what doors to close. He knows what you need. The question is, can you see him? Let me even put this in a real contradictory way. Can you see his voice? Now it's easier to say, hear his voice. Can you see the open doors? For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. You're like, well, Tom, I'm 70 years old. Listen, you're supposed to live to 120, so you got 50 years to go. Doesn't matter how old you are, God has open doors. God's design is for your life to be the best it's ever been. No matter how old you are right now, or how young you are. The question is, will you get out of delusion and deception? We all need to get out of it. I had to get out of it. You've heard me tell the story many times. I mean, I had to go to the church I hated. Is that maybe a path that you have to do? Some of you that hate this church right now, you're like, I wish I could get out of here and nobody knows. But now that he sits there and makes fun of people the entire time, I'm just gonna sit here. 
If, if, if what you're doing has kept you small, then you ought to stop what you're doing. Your father knows the things you have need of. Before you even ask, the only question is, can you see them? We don't know what we don't know. So we have to add. We have to remove the blinders from our eyes. Think about that. What are they called up on the windows? Venetian blinds, is that what we call it? Yeah, Venetian blind. I just said that. She's sitting there. She's going like this. I said, Venetian blind. She's going. And then she goes, Venetian blinds. They want to eat bullets. It reminds me of three weeks ago when I'm going out to the car and I'm unlocking the door and she's locking it. <laughs> I know she's doing it on purpose. I know I'm going to get you, you jerk. That's for all the times I pointed the remote at her and hit the mute button. <laughs> the remote's not working. <laughs> mute. <laughs> mute. It doesn't work. <laughs> In order for you to see you're going to have to add, look at me now, look. Don't look at anybody else. Stop talking to anybody else. Stop avoiding what I'm telling you. You must add. In order for you to see, you're walking around, and I'm walking around to some degree in utter blindness. You're making moves in life in utter blindness. Big moves. But you've never added enough to know what it is that God wants for you. You don't know how to see. Let me look at, let me look, let me show you this. And when you add, adding is both adding and adding is also when you add subtracting. Because the whole idea is to dispel unbelief so you can see the open doors. Let me explain this to you. Right where we left off last week. You're like, Tom, it took you all this time to get to where you left off last week? Yeah. It's 11.51, 19 minutes to go. With a little grace in there, but roughly 19 minutes to go. Until I'm done preaching, then we're gonna do an altar call. Be ready, ready your heart. If you need, to pray, if you need prayer today, you need to get up here. It only takes, literally, we get done in five minutes. I don't go to each person. What is it, what's your need? There's 400 people up here. Second Peter chapter one, three through 11. How do you open your eyes? Do you, listen, first of all, are you teachable? Look at me. Are you teachable? Is it possible you're wrong about anything? I got one yeah to my left. What about all the rest of you? Is it possible? Yeah. Well, here's, how, here's what you do. So that you know what you don't know. A lot of us, we're walking through life, and there's these open doors all around us. They're not appealing to us, so we shut it off. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. They're not appealing to us. So we don't walk through them because we walk by our feelings. And we're doing things that we shouldn't be doing because we're walking by our feelings. Has God told you to do it? 2 Peter 1, 11, 3 through 11. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him, who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be, may be, listen to this, partakers of the divine nature. The way you see open doors is to partake in the divine nature. 
Not your feelings, not your thoughts, not your past experiences, not your pain, not your happiness. His divine nature, a door opens. But unless you're operating in it, you literally, and I mean literally, 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 cannot see it. You can't. Why would you be small then? You're like, you're bad-mouthing me for being small. I was small for 50 years. 50 years. I'm 54. Am I bragging about myself? 50 out of 54 years I was small. You think I'm bad-mouthing you? I'm bad-mouthing me more than anybody in the room. Because I could not see open doors. I did not perceive them. Seeing, I did not see. I couldn't see it. That's an open, because it was against my feelings. I'm not going to the river church. They laugh there. Who cares? (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption of the, world that, of the world through lust. So here's the adding. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence. Why is it that we are, what does diligence mean? Hard work, commitment, day-to-day working, day-to-day commitment. Why are we like that in the gym, but not with Jesus? Why are we like that at our job, but not with Jesus? We don't expect anything to just unfold at our job without hard work, but the will of God's gonna simply unfold without hard work. It's not that you're earning it, it's so that you can see what he's already done. I hope that's clear. You don't earn anything, you never impress God. Oh wow, Tom was real impressive on that podcast last night. How am I impressive to Yahweh? I look stupid to Yahweh, I can't be overly impressive. No one can comprehend what goes on under the sun. Despite all his efforts to search it out, man cannot discover its meaning. Even if a wise man claims he knows, he cannot really comprehend it. Ecclesiastes 8, 17. I don't look smart to God. I'm never going to impress God. Oh, I fasted, so that's going to move God. It doesn't move God. It enables me to see God moving. It's the point of life. You want a point. Don't, don't, you, don't you feel the emptiness when it comes in? You put it all into, you know, we're saving for this vacation. And you get to the vacation and you're melancholy. Because it's not an answer. If you just let the vacation be a spillover of your due diligence, you would enjoy your vacation. Because you'd be full of the Spirit of God and full of His Word. But also for this very reason, giving all effort, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will, neither, you, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things, so if you've never added, are you lacking? If you have never purposely added these things, you are lacking. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness. They cannot see. 
You're like, I see everything. I, I know. What, what, what's the fruit that you're right? Show me. I had 50 years. I had no fruit. I just admitted it. Will you? If all of us were adding these things, we would have to have five services right now. For the 650 of us that are in this room, we would have to have four or five services if all of us were doing this. Excuse me. But if you don't add it, it's, you, God, he knows what you need before you ask him. So, he, there's people for you to talk to, but you can't see it. You don't know that they're available to you. You, you can't hear a prophetical message from the Holy Ghost. Go talk to that person. So you miss the opportunity. You're never going to get it again. It's gone. It's gone. For he knows the things you have need of before he asks. He knows what you need to do. He knows you need to talk to that person. But you can't hear it because of the ambient noise of the world. What's going on with this is too important. You can't, how are you going to know who to witness to when you walk like this? You're being computer programmed to become an NPC. Non-P, NP, NPC. Non-playable character. You can't see. For he who lacks these things, who you, now let me ask you this. When was the last time you added? See how quiet it is in here? That was me, 50 years. I'm Tom, you're too mean. I just said it to me. When was the last time you diligently added? Well, I do it all the time. There's no fruit of that, so you're wrong. I'm never coming back to this church, I know. You're gonna go back and be an NPC, which is what the world wants you to be, a non-playable character, have no affect on the world. You go to every other church in this area, Tom, that's me, I'm telling you flat out right freaking now. Every other church in this area is an NPC church. I cast them down, those COVID caving cowards. They don't know the word of God. Those seeing, this is the, the verse I was using earlier, Matthew 13, 13. Those seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not, they see things, but they don't see. They hear things, but they don't hear. That's most Christians, let alone the world. You can't see what an open door is. They can't see what a closed door is. They can't tell the difference between a green light and a red light, like I told you earlier, or a blue pill or a red pill. And by the way, you know what? It's not that the blind won't take chances. I'm taking chances in life. They just don't know what to take a chance on. They're taking chances all the time, blowing up their lives. They don't know what to take chances on. Out of, out of Mark chapter five, verse 17. What happened there? Were they right? They saw, but they did not see. That was where Jesus casted, cast out the legion out of the man, and all the demons went into the herd of pigs. You'd think they'd have a revival. Just like right now. When they come out and they tell you you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without a vaccine passport, and we've defeated that in the United States, there should be a revival. They don't know that it should be a revival because they never thought there was anything evil about it. Even though the book of Revelation 13, 16 through 18 says that it's evil, the modern church has no idea. Same thing happened here. Jesus sets this man free. The town 
walks out to see the man. They all knew him. Hey, there's the demon act. They never did a daggum thing about it. Just like the modern church. Not a thing. What, you know what? We have a demon room in our church. Um, for everybody who's filled with demons, we, want, we don't want you to feel threatened. And we want to make sure that we're nice to the demons. So we have a demon room. Like our nursery, it's right next to the nursery. We don't want the demons to be offended. So what was the response of the, of the, of the town? Here it is, quote. They began to plead with him. This is Mark chapter 5, verse 17. They began to plead with him to depart from their region. Seeing they could not see. And by the way, we can laugh at that. But that's most of us. If you knew how weird God was, you'd leave right now. Because he's weird to you and me. You'd leave. He keeps, he keeps you in the measure of blindness. It's like he, he can't appear to people. If he just plopped himself down right here, we'd all drop dead. Listen, you don't want to drop dead. You haven't accomplished anything yet. 50 years. You want to drop dead and answer for that at judgment? I'm saying you're going to hell. I'm just saying you're going to be disappointed. You need to use these times. We are on fast forward. Whatever you do now, it's times 10. As the end draweth nigh, I'm telling you, it's, it, it is the time to move now because it's fast forward. Everything you do is accelerated. How important is it, this adding that I'm talking about? Verse 10, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. Be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Verse 11. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wait a minute. I thought that I was saved the moment that I said the serious prayer. You are. Your, your path is there, but you have to endure until the end. So you better be adding. If you're not adding, you're subtracting. You will walk away. It is hard for the righteous to be saved. Wait, that's not what John Calvin said. He's, by the way, let me just tell you, John Calvin and all the rest of them that I want to name right now, but the Lord won't let me, are not God. The Bible is God. The Bible is Jesus. So when the Bible says in 1 Peter 4, 18, it is hard for the righteous to be saved. What do you mean? But he that endureth until the end will be saved. Matthew 10, 22. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Matthew 24, 13. Heading towards the end with this, I'm going to tell you a story. About a man named Jed. <laughs> Barely kept his family fed. That's what, that's what pops into my head. <laughs> how many, how, when I told you that, how many, how many of that popped in your head? I knew it, yeah, it's, it's my generation. <laughs> Beverly Hillbillies was never on in Virginia. It was on in Florida. So whenever I would come down to Florida, I was at my, my grandparents' house and I'd watch it. 
I dream of genie. Isn't that cool back in the day? They'd be like totally different. Everything is so, I mean, it was way better then. It was back when I used to walk to school both ways uphill in the snowstorm. It was great. I'll finish up with this, and you need to listen closely to it. People make life-changing decisions for themselves, for their kids, for their future in the midst of blindness. Because ask yourself, is I, have I ever done the due diligence that's adding? Then why are you making decisions? You're operating in pitch black. You don't know what's an open door. No, yeah, it was an open door. It was an opportunity arose. It's a way that seems right to a man. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying, do you know? It's the Holy Spirit confirmed to you that you're making the right decision. Dating that person, this job, this opportunity, whatever it may be. Because if you haven't added, remember, that I want to quote it. I want to quote it. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness. Why are you making big decisions? Have you fasted? You crucified your flesh, you operating by your feelings. This is a great opportunity. See it all the time. Opportunity does not mean righteousness. Anybody who gets saved, I'm telling you, if it's a good looking girl, who's coming? A man's coming because Satan sends them. That's an opportunity. He's good looking, he's rich. I, you know how many girls I've known in my life that have married rich, good looking men that live in hell? He ain't even cheating on her. They just live in hell because she was short-sighted, even to blindness, because she never added. She couldn't tell. This was, not, this was not an opportunity from God. So people make these huge decisions in the midst of blindness. The question is, have you added? Have you added these things through diligence? So I'm gonna show you, let me tell you this story. Acts 27, 9 through 11. Acts 27, 21 through 22, and we're done. 12.07, I've got three minutes. This will take a little more than three minutes, but not a whole lot more. But don't worry, we're gonna bomb, we'll bomb through the altar call, so you can relax. If your butt's a little sore, remember, it's good. It's good for your triceps. Grab each side of the chair, push up, slide to your left or to your right. It's like a whole new chair. <laughs> I'm telling you. When Jonathan's was here and it was four-hour services, I just shifted my butt back and forth, back and forth. I'm, a, I'm an expert at it because I'm 230 pounds. So when I'm sitting in the river service for five and a half hours, I learn. I can shift my butt over. Not to mention I, I go with Pastor Allen and do a bathroom break and walk around. I do. I do. Acts 27, 9 through 11. Paul's warning ignored. I just, I just got this when I was watching a Jonathan Shuttlesworth message from a year ago, and that's where I got this idea. Now, when much time had, had been spent and, sail, and sailing was now dangerous, was now dangerous because the fast was already over time of season, Paul advised them. Now, who, what was Paul at this time? He was a prisoner. So he had, he's, not, he, he's not a decision maker. They're not going to the prisoners and saying, hey, what's your advice as far as us setting sail? Paul advised them, though, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only the cargo and ship, but also our lives. 
Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. So that he would rather listen to people. People includes you, by the way. People includes me, by the way. I don't know what's right for you. For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask. He knows. Unless you've added, you don't know his voice. You should be still and know God. Be still. You'll be all right. There's no big rush. But they didn't listen to him. They went and listened to people. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. Who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Constant use. Due diligence in the word of God. Constant use can train themselves to distinguish good from evil. Good from evil is not just sin and not sin. It's good advice and bad advice. Yes or no. It's not just sin or don't sin. By constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Obviously, these men had not been doing that because they did not listen to Paul. They went to another man. The helmsman and the owner of the ship who has a vested interest. That's just like $400 million coming from Moderna into the NIH. And the NIH is the one that pimps and whores the vaccines. So they have a vested interest in the decisions that they make. Which have to do with people's lives. Just like right here. Never changes. People never change. But God is the solution. He is the path holder. Not people, not their advice. Acts 27, 21 and 22. Worship team, Aaron, wherever you're at, make your way. Then you'll actually believe, 12, 11. I'm one over. And we're actually heading toward the end. But after long absence, of course, they went through, after they blew him off, they went through hell on earth. They were having to cast off all of their food off the ship. Everything, all their tackle, everything's off the ship. So they're adrift. So Paul tells them this. Acts 27, 21, 22. But after long abstinence from food. Have you done that before you made that big decision? Did you do that? Watch it. There's a way that seems right to a man. It seems. Always watch that word, seems. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, Joshua 24. But after a long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship. And of course, they shipwrecked. What, what happened here? One person could see, one person could not. Which one do you want to be? In order for you to be able to see, you're going to have to do things that you don't want to do. Endless stimulation from an electronic device. Dumping dopamine into your skull is gonna get you nowhere. And you are unfit to make decisions. 
Even if you pray every day and your prayer is, you know what, our daily bread. Here's the Bible verse for the day. My, my wife and I get together every morning. We have our coffee and we read the daily bread and uh, that's pretty much it for our spiritual life. You're blind. Don't make decisions. Hope will come to me for, at different times. Well, what do you want to do with this? I'm going to wait. I'll let you know. I want to pray. I want to sense the spirit of God, not my feelings. Last night, I was trying to prep this message and the internet went out in our house. And, and I was irritated. Hope could tell because I closed the, I closed the doors to my office. Because I, I just want to be, to be silent. I, and that may sound really petty to you, but I, when I'm in the midst of something, irritability is like right there because I'm, I'm focused. I'm focused. And I just was like, she goes, well, you want me to help you, you know, get a hot spot? So I said, you know what? I just need to sit here before I start spouting off. Last verse, 1 Corinthians 2.14, and we're closing up. Be ready to pray. But the, ma- the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. You can't see them. He doesn't receive them because he doesn't know what they are. This is written to who? The Christians at the church in Corinth. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to them, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Maybe you're supposed to just stand pat. Maybe you're not, maybe you're not, supposed, to stay, uh, not, not supposed to date that person, enter into that relationship, or make that business move. Have you prayed? Have you fasted? Have you added? Then how do you know? What the Spirit said. Remember, he works for your good, Romans 8, 28. But that good is what the Spirit says, exclusively. So unless you're praying the Spirit, unless you're praying the Spirit, you're not even praying correctly. He can't work for your good. And how do you start to pray correctly? Right here, I'm done. Look, here it is. How do you pray correctly? You start off with, Lord, I don't know. Tell me what you know. Lord, show me where I'm deceived. Show me. Show me where I'm deceived. Show me where I'm wrong. Lord, I will do what you tell me. Now, if you're going to conditionalize God, where you're like, well, I might do what you say, then don't pray. He can't talk to you. You're already too carnal for him to ever break through to. But if you say, Lord, I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Back in COVID, Lord, I'm going to do what you tell me to do. All the pressure in the world was the other way. There was a way that seemed right. You know, I'm going to tell you one last thing before we go. I got to show you this. I have to show you this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 2 through 4. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Right? Is that for you? No, I'm going to challenge you. Let me see. Is that for you? Okay. It's not. Look it. For when they shall say, peace and safety. Then sudden destruction cometh upon them, and as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that, that, that day should not overtake you. Should, let me get it right. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. It shouldn't be a thief in the night for you. It's a thief in the night for them. They can't see. You should be able to see. Did the church see it? You can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without your QR-coded mark of the beast, it came upon them as a thief in the night. They're being overtaken because they cannot see 
Understand the blindness that I'm talking about and make sure that you're not operating in it. Amen? There we go. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for the wonderful people that are in this room. I thank you for the brokenheartedness that is in this room. If you're mad, understand what I said applied to you or it didn't. That's between you and God. It's nothing to do with me. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you need to get your life right with God, if you're a backslidden believer, you already know it's you. Or you've never been saved before. What does saved mean? The forgiveness of your sin. You can wear whatever label you want, Nazarene, Pentecostal, Baptist, doesn't matter. Has your sins been forgiven or have they not? If you've backslidden, not you struggle with sin, you're in and out of sin. You sin, you get it right, you sin, you get it right. I'm not talking to you. You're not, you have not fallen away. You have not lost your salvation. But if you've given into a lifestyle of sin, there's a big difference between struggling with sin and concession to sin. You have conceded to sin. You've backslidden your way right to hell. It's a hell-bound decision. They have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in it and overcome. They're worse off than they were at the beginning. That's you. But you can get it right today. You've not fallen beyond repair. Backslidden Christian. I don't care how long it's been. I don't care if it was just this week. Get it right today. Or maybe you've never been saved. You've never come to the place of saying, Jesus, be my Lord and be my Savior. If that's you. Either category if that's you. I'm not gonna bring you forward. I'm not taking you to a back room. I'm not even giving you any literature. I'm gonna ask you to do two things. And you never have to leave your chair. Nobody's gonna know but me and you. First thing I'm gonna ask you to do, if that's you, stretch your hand out right where you're at. Praise you, praise you, got you. Got you to my left, spanning to my right. Got you to my center left. Got you to my center right. Got you to my right. Those of you who lifted up your hands, the entire church, it's the next thing I'm gonna ask you to put your hands down. The next thing I'm gonna ask you to do is pray a prayer. The prayer is simply receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior, becoming born again, being saved, all your sins removed, all your sins forgiven. The entire church is gonna pray this prayer with you. You pray it, you mean it, and all of your sins are gone. And you are what is called saved. You are what is called born again. The entire church is gonna pray this with you out loud. Here we go. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins. And I now turn from them. And I give you my life from this day on, in Jesus' name. Done deal. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.